Welcome to Courage in Action. We are a sisterhood of women empowering women to be everything we are meant to be. I'm your host, Naluka Kotagara, and it is my privilege to join your life journey as we connect with some extraordinary, triumphant, and beautifully imperfect women through this podcast. Together, we hope to inspire you to take action towards your life goals, one courageous step at a time. Hey, hey, everyone. This is going to be such a good episode. I am really pumped to be joined by Nkechi Wafa Robinson. She is awesome. <laughs> not, only, not only does she have a very successful career in IT, she's an entrepreneur, author, professional bodybuilder, and inspirational speaker. And what I personally am most interested in is she is CEO of an organization called Empowered In My Skin. Nkechi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so nice that we finally connected. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So throughout the um, Courage in Action podcast, we've been talking a lot about our own unique journeys and sort of what it takes to power through your own path. So perhaps we could just kick off with you telling us a little bit about your journey and how you came to create Empowered in My Skin. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I think the best, the, the one thing I'm going to start with is um, had we had the same interview maybe about a month or two ago, it would have been, I would have probably articulated my journey a little bit differently. And, okay. and so I share that because I, I think for all the listeners, it's just so important to recognize that as events unfold in our lives, it is a great opportunity as we look at how we respond to them to realize that the response is really built from things that live inside of you, right? Because if you're right. just experiencing something for the first time, then typically your, your journey on that first mo- that moment just starts there. But when you have a, a reaction to something that is happening, know that that reaction triggered something that already lived inside of you and then follow the thought to, or follow the feeling to find the thought to then find the experience that maybe, you know, led to that. So I say all of that because, um, you know, based on when we're having this interview, we are in the midst of, you know, this, this um, experience of bringing race and racism mm-hmm. to the forefront. And as a result of that, I have been asked to speak a lot about, you know, um, how race has impacted me, you know, and how, or how I've been impacted by, you know, racism over the course of my life. And that, you know, and the aha that I had the other day was I have been so blessed to have um, been born to, you know, parents that are proud. So my parents are proud Nigerians. Yeah. And they've always lived life on their own terms. And I had the aha the other day as I was preparing to have a, to deliver a speech that I never learned hate. They mm-hmm. never taught me hate, you know, and, and that's such a blessing. You know, they taught me to focus on my character. You know, they taught me life lessons through examples, you know, and they really taught me how to respond versus react to situations. And I realized that how much all of those lessons were, you know, fed into my subconscious mm. and throughout the course of my life have really, you know, sort of dictated my behaviors and, and, and have helped me form the, my beliefs to, to then the day when I actually married all of that, which happened just in the organic natural, like in the natural l- lined up with intention 
you know, mm. then when I joined that, the, you know, all of those, you know, um, um, good natured lessons that I learned from and loving lessons I learned from my parents with the intention that I really want to lead, live a life that was empowered, that was loving, you know, it just, it just opened up who I am as a human, which is this person that is here in front of you today. And so, you know, that, if anything, that really just um, explains sort of the foundation of, of my upbringing, you know, and then, you know, those valuable, um, you know, those, those valuable conscious, you know, belief systems that I've had in, you know, just available to me at any time without even having to really think about it, you know? And so, you know, and through that, the rest of my journey really was one where, you know, um, I grew up with a lot of bullying, you know, I was obviously subjected to a lot of racism. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think because I had that at the core, while it might've dimmed my spirit, it, um, it still allowed me to be able to navigate life in a, in a very meaningful and intention and impactful way, you know, that led to the success that I've been able to, uh, you know, um, accomplish along the way. But, uh, but once I actually got to a place in my life, which is at the age of 42, I am 40. I'm going to be 48 this year. So about six years ago. Stop it. You are not. Yes, I know. Oh my God. It's amazing. I love it. I I always say fly to the day I die. I love that. But um, but yeah, so at the age of 42, I decided that I wanted to really go on a personal development journey and really start to eradicate any type of ill feelings I had within me. Right. You know, those victim, Mm. the victim feelings. Right. And that required me looking at a lot of experiences I had gone through, like bullying. What did that really do to me? And, you know, being told I'm not enough and being told I'm mm. not going to mount to anything. And, mm-hmm. and, then, and then when I actually started to put it in front of me and, and would look at what was real, I realized how much of a lie those things were when they were said back when they, whenever they entered into my spirit. Right. And I just decided to eradicate the lie and replace it with some truth, you know? And... Um, yeah, that really empowered me. So what, what, um, or maybe for our listeners, how do you pull on the, sort of the core of your upbringing and who you are when faced with that sort of confrontation? Because I know for me personally, like a South Asian background and Sri Lankan, and it never mattered in my family. My family was, you know, one of love and, and acceptance. And, but in my psyche somewhere, the societal piece yeah. about being lighter is better. I was always the darkest. That sort of like, I didn't realize until I was an adult that that had got ingrained mm-hmm. in my mind. And it, and so you have to work really hard against that. Because when you're a child and that gets embedded inside you, it's a really difficult battle. So how, how do you deal with that sort of thing if you were faced with racism or and how do you pull on the sort of core values that your family instilled in you. Mm. And I think it's a never, I think it's something I do every single day. And to your point, it is hard work. It's a lot easier to just kind of believe the BS yeah. and, and then just let it drive whatever action it, it, it triggers. Right. But yeah. I, but I'd rather be in control of my life to be quite yes. honest, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, it takes you, it takes you thinking about what you think about, you know? Mm. So, and it takes you reflecting on, you know, whatever that experience was that you internalized, you know, why did you internalize it? What made you think that that was true? And then what really is true? 
Mm-hmm. Or what do you, or, or because we're human beings and, and our minds are really ours for creating, you know, what would you like to be true? Even if you right. just decide that, what would you prefer to be true? You know, your reality is my yes. reality. So yeah. Yes. So people told me all the time that I was ugly. People told me all the time that I was going to amount to nothing. And, you know, when I got to 42, I'm like, no, I looked in the mirror and I'm like, you're actually, damn, I'm beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, and then you suddenly get to a place where you're like, nobody can call you ugly anymore. They can start a beautiful right. and go up from there. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the base. <laughs> like the minimum point. requirement is beautiful. <laughs> and then you can choose, you know, where you go from there. Yeah, Only up from there. But it's, it's and you know, and it's like even with you know being told that you're you're not enough. No, I'm brilliant. And and, yeah. and then it's to understand why am I brilliant? It's not why am I brilliant as comparative to somebody else. It's yes. what makes me smart. What makes me intelligent and and then you just start to really talk the one person we don't talk to the most is ourselves mm-hmm. you know we don't talk to ourselves the most you know I'm often yeah. asked you know how did how you know how, how did people sort of um impact you as related to racism I said you know at the end of the day I was probably my worst enemy because one, yes. I, be- I believed their I believed it. Yes. And then I kept yes. telling myself long after they were gone, long after they said whatever they said, I just continued to repeat it to myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I be- I suddenly became my own abuser. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if you yes. think about it, right? Absolutely, so, I do. Yeah. yeah. So when you recognize, no, nah, man, I don't have to let that nonsense in, especially if I know the character that I'm trying to build, the person that I want to become, you know, how I want to mm-hmm. unfold and impact this world. Like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. But you have to, you actually need to baseline yourself. Like, first of all, you need to have something that says, no, this is, this is really the person that I want to be. And mm-hmm. I'm going to now start to work towards that. And I'm going to be, you know, laser focused on making sure that whatever I'm, I'm internalizing supports that and aligns with that. And then that gives you the power to then, you know, push out or, or, or deter anyone that's trying to tell you something a little bit differently. You know, you can actually stand up for yourself and have the courage to say, let me really tell you who I am. Yeah. And in discovering who you are and more so who you want to be and who you mm-hmm. want to be in the world, um, was that, was there a pivotal moment there or was that just a collection and a bit of an evolution and collection of moments? Yeah, no, there was a pivotal moment. It was November. Uh, okay. I, know the, I know the date. I know the year. I'm like, you're I smiling. The- <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know the actual date, I know the year, and oh, I, know, wow. okay. I know the experiences. So it was November okay. 14, 2014. Okay. When I was in, there was two experiences that I was going through. One was very personal, so, mm-hmm. um, and then the other one was career-wise, and they both hit me at the same time, and okay. they weren't favor. It wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't in my favor. And mm. sometimes when we're in a problem, when we're in a situation, we think it's not in our favor. Right. One of my favorite mantras that I now have that I've been, it's almost probably a year is everything is working out for me. So yeah. when you can believe that everything is working yeah. out for you, then it also means that those things that don't seem so favorable are actually work conspiring on your behalf. It's just, you're going to have to endure it for a bit and yes. it may not feel good, but there's going to be a, a lesson that comes out of this that you're going to then be able to use to turn it to purpose and help somebody else probably. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of, and I, in my mind, I just caught myself. I was like in the darkness. I'm like, wait, why is darkness bad? But anyway, (laughs) well then um, in all of the struggle and everything that we're seeing happening around the world right now, I think 
there's some sort of light and some sort of goodness coming out of all of it. Like when I'm watching what's going on with Black Lives Matter, like I think it's actually amazing that the protests are happening all over the world, even in places like Syria. Yes. where they're in full-on war and they're speaking out about yes. why. Because I think around the world, we're done. Yeah. We're done with racism. We've had enough. Yeah. And I feel like this, I don't know what you think, but this feels like a moment. It feels yeah. like a pivotal moment mm-hmm. in our entire, and there's a whole generation of people that are going mm-hmm. to change. Enough is enough. You know what I just came to me right now? Mm-hmm. Because what I, maybe about, two, three years ago, I remember when I heard it on a podcast too, I was also on a panel where we were talking about it. We're, we are truly in a time where there are a lot of thought leaders, like the yeah. amount of thought leaders that are out there right now is nothing compared to what they were when I was growing up. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the amount of people that are on self-improvement journeys and the amount of books and podcasts and literature that are out there around just you know, being a better human, there's way more now than there were back then. So I also think that that's part of it now, right? Like for the last, and I want to say, you know, for the six years I've been on it, I just know that there's a lot of people that have also been like, oh, I'm on a self-improvement journey as well. And, and I, and as I speak, people are like, yeah, they have questions. They're like, oh, I'm just starting my journey. Like, and that's been the last six years, like more than I've ever. So if you now think about this now happens, you have way more humans around the world yeah. that want to be better, that are seeking inspirational stuff, that are on self-improvement journeys, that are listening to thought leaders. And so they see this and they recognize no wrong is wrong mm-hmm. and enough is enough. Yeah. And we're going to stand on the right side of history, which is everyone really deserves, you know, the best amount of treatment. Like we're all humans. And at the end of the day, every human is deserving of love is the, is deserving of being treated fairly is deserve like when you really think about black people think about black people are fighting for equal rights equal not <laughs> even it's not not asking for no, much no, here people no, baseline not asking no. for superior rights we're not baseline baseline equal like yes. equal rights when you, yes. like you break it down to just that level and and to be truth it was like civil rights right like can we yes. just be civil like even civil right. is less than equal right? mm-hmm. absolutely so, yeah when you and and i think there's a lot more people that are like yeah that just just makes sense like what do you mm-hmm. mean that doesn't that's not what we do you know yeah yeah and so yeah there and and more, more for me, I, I, I love the fact that it's happening everywhere around the world, but more mm-hmm. for me is young people. Yes. Yes. You know, because yeah, it's the, it's, it's the fact that there's so many young people and I have so many colleagues and friends that have told me that they came to learn about the whole George Floyd and the, and the, and the protests from their kids. Because I love it. Let me tell you something. Universally, like my universal like brethren is God, right? Like like, all days, my only right. Right. God said, okay, first COVID has to happen. Right. COVID stopped the world. It needed to pause. Yes. And then as it started to progress and started to really permeate around the world, he needed to demonstrate that we are more connected than we are not. Right. Right. Yeah. Because something that started somewhere out in China has, you know, quickly permeated. So he also needs to show the speed at which Mm. we can connect. Mm -hmm. And then he needs to say, now sit your ass down. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I got something to say. There's some stuff I need you to say. Yes. And yes. Then, boom, you hit us with George Floyd. <laughs> right? Because yes. people have to be in front of their TV, you know, mm-hmm. to to like see that and to feel it and to start recognizing that this stuff is real. Like this is not yes. a joke, you know? And then yeah. the kids needed to be tapping their parents like mommy, daddy, what is that? And do you, do you do that? Yeah. What? That <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> and then suddenly yeah. parents are now like, how do I have this conversation? So let me yes. reach out to my black friend and let, let me learn about what I need to, what do I need to know about your experience so I can educate my children yeah. to be able to think differently and understand and unpack. Like, I don't know, you know? And so there's like, there's so much, as much there's so much trauma and tragedy and it's tragic and everything that's going on. There is mm-hmm. so much beauty to it as well. Right. That's In right. the sense that yes. more people are wanting to be educated. More people are wanting to be empowered versus disempowered by everything that's going on. And mm-hmm. we are, we're truly connecting on a level of honesty and truth that we haven't connected this. And I'm 48, man. And like 48 this year, let me not rush my age, but you know, I, I that I've never, that I haven't seen. So I want to come back to the age piece, but then I, (laughs) so just what I love about what you're saying is that there's accountability. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like everybody is taking some sort of their own accountability, whether they had anything directly to do with Mm -hmm. it or not, Mm -hmm. but how, what is my piece in changing that? Mm -hmm. So what would be your advice for people or listeners who are thinking like, how how would little old me make a difference? Like what will, how should they be thinking about that? Because everyone's situation yeah. is unique. That's so easy. And, you know, it became mm-hmm. really easy the other day when I was asked the same question on a live, um, a live LinkedIn event. And I had to think about it on the spot. And yeah. <laughs> so, so me, little old me, yeah. can, can get overwhelmed if I start recognizing, okay, there, like, I heard it beautifully the other day. This, the system isn't broken. The system was built that way. So we actually right. need to rebuild. I'm right. not a politician. I'm not you know, in the Supreme, I'm not in Supreme power. I'm not mm-hmm. about legislator. I like, I just, that, that stuff is for other people to do. Right. But however, every single day, my eyes open, God has given me another opportunity to create a day that is purposeful, that is meaningful, that is impactful, that is in service of other humans, right? Mom mm-hmm. and Ellie says the best service is the time is the rent we pay for our time here on earth. And so to everyone that's listening, what you can do in your own human is once those eyes pop up and you put your feet on the ground, make that, that touch with the, with the ground, that first moment where you're just grounding your feet for the day, make that intention that you're going to create amazing experiences for yourself and others simply because you are, you're in that day, you know, like, and so when you walk into any, any, like no matter what you go into, whether it's an email, whether it is a, you know, um, a a public place where you're physically there, whether it's a phone call where you are, you know, your voice, you have to give voice to to the experience, recognize that the common denominator is that you're in it. And Mm. if you're in it, then you have the power to make that experience very meaningful, very impactful and in service for another human being, because you're not in it alone. 
If you're sending an email, you're sending it to another email, so to another human. So I would say great day, amazing human. I just want to spread love your way. And while you're at it, do you think you'd be able to help me with this situation? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like sometimes just that they're reading it now. Wow, great day, amazing human. They're going to smile. Yeah. And then, you know, I, you know, how awesome are you doing? That feels good, you know? And then maybe you're asking them for help, you know, which, which always, who doesn't want, people love to help, you know? And so when you, when you enter into a place where your physical presence is there, smile at somebody, even behind behind the mask. I walk behind people and say, know that I'm smiling at you right now. And then they're like, oh, I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and so that's what I'm saying. Like, there's much more in our control to mm-hmm. to make other people just feel good, yes. irrespective of what they look like, what they're going through, what you know. Just just that just that main fact that an, uh, you're another human bleeds the same blood you bleed. We all have yeah. the same organs. Just the the skin, this the, the the top coat of that of that of our you know what our human flesh is just it's just might be different and yes. even then it's not even that different it's dark versus light that's it yes mountain and skin it, is skin right yeah absolutely and i think that just speaks to sort of the human experience and human connection getting more and more important as we are isolated and as we're sort of going through all of these things um and i think it it that connection um, and the difference that we see is it, the difference that we see is all perceived, whether it's the mm-hmm. color of your yes. skin, yeah. people are sizes, ages, sexist, races, all the ists mm-hmm. that happen. <laughs> um, I think it's all coming down to that human connection and, and um, it's sort of connecting back to, I think it was Maya Angelou who said it, um, that people don't remember what you do, but they remember how you made them make feel. Them feel. Yeah. And I think if more and more people just think about how you're making another feel, then so mm-hmm. much stress and so mm-hmm. much anxiety and so mm-hmm. much of the, the, uh, the tough energy in the world mm-hmm. is going to mm-hmm. dissipate, which mm-hmm. is, um, and I think one of the things, and I know my mind gets stuck on it. Sometimes you get stuck in all the things I'm supposed to do and mm-hmm. kind of circles back in my mind to the age mm-hmm. factor. So I'm turning 40 this year oh, nice. and I, yes, awesome. and I was like super excited about it until I ran into other humans and they're like, <laughs> Oh, you're not married. You don't have kids. You have no this, you have no that. I'm like, Oh, I started my own charity. And I think my career is going pretty well. I do all of these things, but like, mm-hmm. All of that is not enough unless you've done what you're supposed to have done mm-hmm. as a woman by the age of 40. Mm-hmm. So I love that you're talking about, you yeah. know, how you're turning and even, and so- even, as you t- isn't it, even as these humans hit you up with those things, you can say, that might be what needs to be true for you. Yeah. But let me, if you have a minute, let me sit down and tell, <laughs> let me my tell truth, you, right? Yeah. Let me inspire yeah. you with my truth, you know? Yes. Like, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that whole, what you're supposed to do all the time gets gets yeah, in man. there yeah I'm 40 I'm 47 my husband and I weren't blessed to have kids but I made a de- I made a decision that the world is the world of my children right like I just yes. I, I yes. believe that I'm I'm designed and built to impact billion people and I'm and I want to do it and that means that every experience I'm at if so far as there's another human in it I'm gonna yeah. make it a really worthwhile one you know there you go yeah. what, would you, what would you say has been your the wisest choice you've made so far I think the wisest, like if I had to sum it up, it would be getting to a point where I recognize I'm a gift and not a victim. Oh. And so, so just for everyone, my name, Kichinera, actually means I am God. No, sorry. It means God's gift. Nice. 
And so, so if I can, you know, I can say I am God's gift. And Mm -hmm. that means that I don't have to believe that I'm a victim to anything. And I say that that's probably the wisest decision because then what happens is it enables me in any moment to take full accountability for whatever experience I'm going through and leaving less to the other person or circumstance or the environment to dictate how I'm going to go through it or what I'm going to experience out of it, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. and so I, you know, that has really reshaped my life Mm. and it's driven a different level of purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So what I hear in there is that you're able to power through the tough times and you're able to really appreciate the good. How, how do you dive in? So a lot of our listeners will have been through a lot of very difficult things mm-hmm. in life. And that's, that's mm-hmm. the reality of, of our organization. And what we're trying to do is to bring light into that and to be able to, as someone said to me the other day when I was sort of spiraling into a, a dark space, mm-hmm. um, he just said, how about you marinate? Tell me about all the good things. Tell me about all the acknowledgement you've had today. And mm-hmm. so I did. And he's like, marinate in that instead of all of these other things. And so I actually have to work really hard um, to get out of that. So when you're in those low points, how do you pull yourself out? And then when you're in the high points, how do you allow yourself to appreciate and just stay in that, in that moment? So you, you said the, the the most important thing is that it, it, it's constant work. So Mm -hmm. like, even, even today, my eyes open and everything that happens after my eyes open have to be in favor of keeping me well, keeping me lit, keeping the light on. And Mm -hmm. so don't get me wrong. It's not like I don't have, like, even with the George Floyd and and the whole, uh, and the series of events that, you know, that transpired and then the overwhelming reach out on to talk about race and it brought back so many memories. Yeah. It brought me into a dark, dark place. But I, you know, I got to a place where I recognized that darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can light. do that, you know, and yes. hate can't drive out hate. Only love can do that. And I mm-hmm. have a message of love. And, and so anyway, so I say that it's about in every situation, your accountability, your responsibility is finding the good. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes I like the best, I always say like when you're in a stressful situation, when you're worried about something, just stop and pause for a minute and start to focus on what do you know for sure? Like, what do you know to be true that you're actually grateful for, you know, and it could be your life. It could be your kids. It could be, you know, uh, this best friend that you have. It could be the, the clothes that you wear and it could be the, the beautiful hair that you have. It could be the <laughs> fact that you have nice, long, plush eye, eye, eyelashes. It could be yes. that you can actually see and that you can speak and that you can eat, which means that you have a digestive system that's working. Like there's so, like, there's so much, so much that yeah. you could be grateful for. And yes. I always say, so you may not find, you may not be grateful for the situation that you're going through, but find the gratitude in it. And the gratitude in it could be anything re- related to the fact that you're just in it, which means that you still have breath. It means that your yes. heart is pumping, which like that means that you have your, your blood cells are full of The like, miracle like, of your body, body is functioning. Right, functioning. Yes. Like, yes. You know? <laughs> so, so there's so much, it's always reaching for the good in everything. And I choose to focus on the good. And, and it helps me get through, it helps me get through those, those dark situations, you know, with ease and grace. Yeah. And, and again, back to my mantra, I trust that everything is working out for me. Yes. Like I've said it so many times. Like if you think about saying something every single day for 352 times a a year, right. It can start to, you can start to actually believe it. Mm. 
just like you could believe that you're not good enough because that's the thing that you've been saying every day. So if for years you've been saying it in your head, yes, you can, and you're choosing to say it, to say that, choose to say something else. And a lot of people like, it's so hard. I said, it's only hard because you're comparing it against what you feel right now. And that's okay. You know, accept that feeling, but say, I want to feel differently. That's the first choice. If you want to feel differently and you want to feel better. Mm -hmm. So really the choice is I want to feel better and to say better things. Yes. And I think you nailed it there with, it's a choice. Yeah. At the end of the day, we all have a choice about how we're going to live our lives, how we respond to the things that are going on around us. And, and what are you going to choose to do, do. Right. with your life? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that's important too. I think, I believe that every human being on this planet, there's a purpose for your, for you being on here. And, mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. a, there's a quote, I won't get it right right now, but the best, the best, the best day of your life is is it it's not why you're it's not the day you were born it's the day you figure out why yes yeah yeah Yeah. and that's that's the journey of life right is to figure out why people and some people think it needs to be some big um um some big bright you know something that you put on top of no it could be something (laughs) as simple as you know i like house cleaning you know, mm-hmm. and I'm going to turn it in. And then you never know, you turn it into a multi-billion dollar business simply because when you're cleaning, when you're cleaning the house, when you're in your thrive, when you're mm-hmm. in that space where you, your heart is singing and you just want to feel like dancing, then that's when your creativity is flowing and allow your mind to think about what is possible. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, think about it. Every big business, like whether it's dry cleaning, house cleaning, car company like all started with some idea that somebody said this is possible you know and then they just start to work towards it and yeah and they were just like you know what I really love to do this This. right so I'm gonna go do this (laughs) right Right. so what your passion what are your what's your passion yeah my passion Mm -hmm. it is it is truly about empowering people so you know I've started to really speak about this hashtag one billion empowered Mm. You know, and, mm-hmm. um, and that is my life goal I, on my vision board that I have here. It says the best way to become a billionaire is to help a billion people. It's on my, um, yeah. My, oh, yeah, I my love vision board. Yeah. that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so it's living a life in service that is empower, like you really to help people empower Tom, what's his name? Um, Tom Bilius said it, heard it ages ago. He said, um, empowerment is the lead a, an empowered person is the lead domino needed to change the world. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you, you talk about the domino right. effect. Right. Yes. The domino yes. effect of an empowered human. Yeah. 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 And it, it's not even, um, perhaps not even, I, my mind went to George Floyd again and I'm like, he was the domino that started. It was, he, he wasn't, certainly was not empowered in that moment, but what he did was empower everybody to talk about it. Yeah. And I truly That's believe God, God uses, situ- God uses people. To, yes. To so sometimes he has to sacrifice one mm-hmm. to service millions. Yes. Yeah. But I think I think it was his daughter. I might have seen his daughter on social media, and a, an uncle or somebody was carrying her, and look, he's just saying, "Look at what your dad did. He changed the world." Yeah, he changed the world. That's he changed the world. Right. Yeah. Sometimes yes. You know, soldiers go to war. Yeah. You know, right. So it's mm-hmm. no different than his no life different. had to be. Yeah, his life had to be taken for for people to really start to feel liberated. Yeah. yeah. And to start this awakening that yeah, we're all a part awakening. of now. Yeah. It's big, yeah. It's huge. It's yeah. massive. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm keeping an eye on the time because I know you have another event at one o'clock. So um, any closing thoughts, anything else that you'd like to share with us? Yeah. So, you know, I always end on the message of love and mm-hmm. uh, very, you know, I always tell a really funny story, but I started to get a little bit more radical about sharing a message of love after I watched um, past, uh, past Bishop Michael Curry deliver the sermon at uh, Megan and Prince Harry's uh, wedding. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And, I remember it. Yeah. And if you think about like a billion people watch that, you know, yeah. Yeah. and his sermon was a sermon of love and yeah. it wasn't, you know, he talked about the romantic type of love, which is what essentially got people to Buckingham, whatever, wherever they had the ceremony into sure. that church. Right. But he was more so talking about just that, that basic love that just feels good. That yeah. when you're loved and you know it, you know, when mm-hmm. you feel when you're, when you love and you show it, you know, just the, the non-romantic side of love, which is just yeah. about wanting to be good and do good. And, you know, that's what I encourage everybody. Like sometimes you think you need to have more than what you currently have to be able to make a difference. And I, you know, believe that you don't believe, get to a, a place where you, where everything that has happened to you had to happen for you to get to where you are in that exact moment. And mm-hmm. in that exact moment, you have everything you need to make that experience or situation or environment that you're in just better simply because you're there. Yeah. You have to start to believe that your life is intended to make experiences better. You yes. Know? And yes. don't, don't waste an experience. Don't waste a moment. <laughs> don't waste a call. Don't waste an email. Just make, things better simply because of your being. And that's, you know, if we can all strive to do that, each and every single one of us. And I promise you, the people that are choosing to listen to this podcast are yes. on the cuspice of, they're either already doing that or they're on the cuspice of doing it and have now <laughs> been pulled over the edge because you and I had a conversation. You've done it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled them over. <laughs> and, yeah. and the great yeah. thing is as you get pulled over, guess what you're doing? You're pulling somebody else as well. And so, and that's the power that you have to change the world. So that's, uh, I love it. I love you. It's amazing. This is a great guy. I knew this would be a good one. This is a great conversation. Um, And hopefully we can do another one sometime soon. Amazing. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.